touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, Nick, first, I got to ask, were you more excited about the Kansas City current advancing to the NWLS championship um, and remaining undefeated in their playoff history all time? Uh, or the performance of the Chiefs offense in the second half of that absolute butt kicking uh, at the Bay Area. Um, I was really tired for both of them, so maybe you'll be excited on Monday. Listen, man, you were just mocking me for saying I was tired, so I don't think you can use that as an excuse. Give me an answer. Maybe Monday I'll have excitement for both, but until that time, <laughs> I am uh, I'm running on empty right now, sir. I will say the only downside was uh, I was like, hey, we don't really have much going on. Oh, now we have lots of stuff going on next weekend. And I was like, oh, sad face. Um, but good for the current. I'm, I am excited for them to play the Portland thorns and, and go for a championship. Uh, I, I think that they're doing, they're, they're building something special over there and it's really cool. I think they're ahead of schedule to be in the championship. Um, I also think when the chiefs win the super bowl in February, they'll probably have a bigger parade. Um, but you know, it takes time to build things. No, it's like not. that I'm bridge just, behind you. <laughs> I'm just focused on week seven. Um, so, you know, we'll, uh, we'll worry about championships much later. Yeah. Well, no, I mean the current, you know, that's all they got left is the championship there. So, um, all right, look, you and I both expected the chiefs to, to win the game at San Francisco. Uh, if only because, uh, we've both seen Jimmy Garoppolo play enough times to know that, he should not be beating Patrick Mahomes head to head in football games, unless things go off the rails and early on, it looked like they might. I mean, I was getting some strong Indianapolis vibes. Um, well, I mean, sky Moore, um, the way Andy, I mean, Andy Reed kind of threw him under the bus, basically saying he, he ran a bad route and that's what led to the pick on the first play. Then he muffs that punt late. You know, you got the, the penalty call that takes away a touchdown and then Harrison Butker misses the field goal. Um, you know, and it's like, it's 14, 13 at halftime. And, and I was like, oh man, the chiefs are on the road against an inferior opponent and just blasting themselves in the foot. Um, and then the second half happens and the chiefs absolutely just destroyed what was by most measures, the number one defense in the NFL. Um, I mean, how impressive was what they did, particularly the second half against the San Francisco defense. I don't think it allowed more than 21 points in a game. Uh, and like I said, I mean, was, was dominant most of the season at this point. I mean, for them to do what they did against what's technically ranked the number one defense uh, that was, that, that should speak for itself and to play the bills and the 49ers back to back the two best defenses in the league statistically, that, that was a really impressive performance. I mean, early on the chiefs looked like they were in a haze. They weren't really, they, they weren't mentally checked into the game yet, or at least didn't look like it from an offensive perspective. And whenever they, whenever Kelsey made that catch on that third and four and leaped over the defender, that sparked them. But then what really sparked them was when Jarek McKinnon on that third and 20 with the screen pass. Mm -hmm. That's the second time in three weeks where Jarek McKinnon's kind of been one of the big difference makers to kind of help this offense uh, find its groove. So, I mean, and that was a long third down play too. So, I mean, Jarek McKinnon just third and long, apparently you're going to keep putting them out there and getting them the ball. So uh, those, yeah, those things combined were really big for the Kansas city offense. And I mean, this, this we'll get into a little bit more later, but I mean, 
the Chiefs receivers collectively, they really needed a game like this. Hardman did, and Mario Valdez-Scantling did, Juju Smith-Schuster did, even Watson getting the touchdown. I mean, they all kind of needed this game. And now they get something positive to build on going into the bye week. And the seven-game stretch that they went on was a, a incredibly tough schedule that they went through. And watching each game, it was it was a really tough road that they went through with some quality playoff opponents. So the Chiefs get a much-needed break right now. Yeah, and I think next week uh, during the Chiefs bye week, you know, I think we're going to revisit the the seven game gauntlet the Chiefs have already been through, and how impressive it is that they're sitting there at five and two. But as far as this game specifically, um, who like we saw flashes a few weeks ago of you know uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Patrick Mahomes del- developing some chemistry down the field. Last week we saw in, even in the loss at Buffalo. Uh, what Juju Smith-Schuster can bring and, and how comfortable Patrick Mahomes is kind of looking to him um, in, in certain situations now. Um, but how impressive was it to see it all come together with those two guys? Because look, McCall Hardman Jr. Had, had three touchdowns and look, made NFL history. He's the first uh, wide receiver in the Super Bowl area with two rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdown in the same game. But it was basically on the same play and the 49ers just never decided to adjust, prepare for it or, um, stop it. Um, you know, and that's not to knock what they did. I mean, you know, keep doing it till they beat you. But I thought as far as long-term thinking about where the chiefs can go this season, um, if seeing Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith Schuster, um, you know, kind of go off in the same game that, that that's what we've been talking about all off season is, it's harder to defend a team when there are multiple weapons um, that can be productive game after game. And this is the first time I think we really saw that on the field. I mean, for uh, Judy Smith Schuster has been there. He's been there since training camp. So, I mean, him, him and Mahomes are already on that page, but with Valdez Scantling, this was kind of, you're hoping this is the game that he really, really is able to build off of because they had time in the pocket. Mahomes had time in the pocket to throw the more favorable routes that he's comfortable with, with the post and some verticals and to really stretch it and push it downfield. So you're hoping defenses take notice of that and that the chiefs are able to kind of be able to push it down the field and maybe some defenses back off a little bit. And if they do, there'll be a lot more open over the middle of the field. And then they did what McColl's strength really, really is in terms of just getting him, getting him in space, letting him work, letting him get a top end speed, put some blockers out in front of him, and he can, he can really shine especially with his background as a, as a quarterback in high school. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I think he works best. And look, I mean, he's got him and McKinnon are two of the fastest players on that offense. So, I mean, you know, they both have really good lateral quickness and they have great acceleration and they got some of the top end speed to be able to break it on any play. So those guys combine, like, I mean, you're hoping this is, you're hoping this helps them find their identity in a lot of different ways so that they can really start building and stacking what they can become, you hope, by playoff time, as long as there aren't any injuries. Yeah, and uh, Patrick Mahomes was talking. He was very complimentary after the game of McCole Hardman Jr. And I think you're right. That quarterback background comes into play there because he talked about how a lot of guys in that situation, you know, look for the sideline and try to get out there, you know, and, and – um, like to step out of bounds. Whereas, you know, McColl is a guy who puts his foot in the ground and trusts his blockers and gets upfield. And you saw that pay off today. Um, 
you know, I mean, with MBS, I mean, how, and Mahomes also talked about the fact that, look, the 49ers decided to play their safeties a little closer to the box. They were kind of daring them. The Chiefs noticed that early in the game and, um, you know, kind of Patrick Mahomes and Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a little conversation said, hey, at some point that's going to be there, you know, flatten out that that route a little bit and, and we'll make him pay. Um, and we've seen that happen to Charvarius Ward in the past. Um, so it's no surprise that they went after him in that situation. Um, but early in the season, think about the Colts game, a couple other games, you would see that play get overthrown, you know, and we had talked about, it It was clear that MBS and Mahomes weren't, weren't quite in sync yet. Um, are you, have you seen enough evidence to say that, that you think that this, that that this, uh, uh, relationship can blossom over the last 10 games? It's going to be a matter of stacking it up. Like I said, like they're, they're going to need a month of doing that consistently, to maybe six games on top of this one consistently doing that before you get to that point. Cause I think a lot of it's going to have to deal with the pass rush, the ability of the chiefs offensive line to buy time because Mahomes has had to hurry some throws to him where Valdez Scantling hasn't necessarily been in position and they haven't been able to kind of get that timing down when he has to release it a little bit quicker than he than he would in in other circumstances and situations. So for if the Chiefs offensive line can give the time that they did during some of those deep passes today and to buy Mahomes that type of time, this is what the offense is capable of. But the tackles have to perform at that level on a on a routine basis and even probably more so better in some regards. But facing Nick Bosa with an with a groin injury didn't hurt because he wasn't ex- as explosive today as he, as he could have been at times. And, you know, I mean, they, they did what they had to do. And yeah, it's funny no. how many, it was funny how many 49ers players uh, magically were able to get healthy. Like Eric yeah. Bien-Aimé talked about earlier this week, as Eric Bien-Aimé pointed out, everybody seems to get healthy for the chiefs. And this is a, this is a part that I was, uh, I, I was, I was discussing with someone that I, I felt like the Niners were obsessed with trying to win the battle of proving themselves where they're at against the chiefs rather than worrying about what's going to help them win the NFC West overall, because I think what I want to say, they get the Rams next week and that Rams game is much more important than what they do against the chiefs. And there's a lot of guys that I don't think helped themselves today, like Trent Williams and Charvarius Ward and, and even in my opinion, probably Bosa to where they may not be, you know, a hundred, they're definitely not going to be a hundred percent for next week's game. And I think, I think that could come back to bite them pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, they look, I, I, I get the competitive side, you know, they want to go out and test themselves against the best. Um, but yeah, for a 21 point loss, when you've got, you're in a bad division this year and you've got a chance to, I mean, I think, Seattle is leading that division, which yeah. I think is the team that most of us wrote off. You know what my favorite stat from today's game is, though, Nick? I have no idea. Patrick Mahomes had zero carries for zero yards rushing, which I think is indicative of the fact that, I mean, how often do we see he gets flushed? He's got to, you know, scramble. He's he's taking hits. You're risking, you know, an injury like we saw in the, the Buffalo divisional playoff a couple years ago or, um, you know, the quarterback sneak at Denver. I mean, um, that offensive line, I mean, how much credit do they do? There was no Eric Armstead in the middle of the, the 49ers defense either, but Drake Jackson was back and he, I think he's a, a good young edge rusher. Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they didn't have anybody, um, that they were putting out there, but 
the tackles, you know, I thought they played a lot better. You know, you mentioned that McKinnon screen pass earlier. Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Tooney, and Creed Humphrey all got out in front and had big blocks. Travis Kelsey did a great job blocking down the field, um, despite the fact that I'm told that Travis Kelsey can't block. Um, but all four of them were, uh, you know, were had a huge role in, in that 34-yard screen pass that, that really kind of got things going for the Chiefs. But, it, it, you know, we talked about the MVS thing, and you need to see it week after week after week. I mean, did you did you pick up on anything that you think is sustainable with this Chiefs offensive line, or, or are we still going to be kind of waiting to see which offensive line shows up against the Titans? I think part of it's going to have to come down to what pass rushers they're facing. And I think this bye week, the chance for some of these guys to get healthy, I think that's going to be really big for Joe Tooney with his ankle. I think it's going to be big with Orlando Brown and the the knee issue he had on the injury report a couple of weeks ago. And even for Trey Smith with his ankle. And pectoral. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that that's going to be where those guys getting this week of rest is going to be so big for each of them. And I think this gives the Chiefs coaching staff a chance to really evaluate and look at everything that they've done. What And the key part of it is, how can they buy Mahomes more time for the receivers to get open? And then also, how can they alter the Chiefs' run game and run blocking scheme to be able to put some stuff together so they have a more sustainable running attack, rushing attack that can be effective during the second half of the season. So if the Chiefs are able to do that self-scouting, I'm really intrigued to see what they can do coming out whenever they take take on a very physical Titans team. Hey, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Chiefs maybe need to simplify the scheme and start to focus in on uh, the, their strengths, what they're good at, uh, you know, and maybe – let some of that other, that other stuff go by the wayside. And a lot of that was in the context of the offensive line, the RPO game, you know, zone blocking versus, you know, drive just the, just the variety of things they were doing. And maybe this is the week that, that the coaching staff had kind of penciled, Hey, you know, we've had the three preseason games, now the seven regular season games. So we've, we've seen them on the field for 10 games. We've got 10 more. We should have a pretty good handle on what they can and can't do. Um, and so maybe this is the week that they, that they edit. It, it could also be a week where Andy Reid tries to innovate, right? Where he sees some things that, that he thinks they can get better at and, and a few more wrinkles get added in. Um, but I, I think the buy comes at a good time, uh, especially for the defense. Um, you know, they, they, they kind of worked Willie Gay jr. Back into the defense slowly. I thought, uh, but Rashad Fenton, uh, Trent McDuffie and Mike Dana all should be back for the, the Titans game in a couple weeks. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. I, I mean, we all know about Andy Reid after the bye. After what Tennessee did to the Chiefs last year down in Nashville, I don't think there's any chance that the Chiefs aren't going to come back from the bye week, uh, you know, and get back into the building as November starts um, and, and be plenty amped up to go out and play this football game. So, I think the chiefs are in a good spot. Um, I did what, you know, we talked about the offense. I wanted to ask you about the defense too. Um, five sacks, Frank Clark, you know, Chris Jones got a couple, including one when he was at, you know, lined up at defensive end again, which Spagnuolo has kind of been, been bumping him out there, uh, you know, and moving Carloftis inside on occasion. I mean, we're seeing them 
you know, move those pieces around. Are you encouraged by the five sacks today? Or are you looking at the fact that it was two injured tackles coming back or two tackles coming back from injury and, and Jimmy Garoppolo um, holding on to the ball uh, in a game when they were down too much? I mean, it's really more of a Jimmy Garoppolo thing to where I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that who he is as a quarterback and what his style is. So, I mean, the chiefs were doing a really good job of making it difficult to let him throw inside the numbers. Did they find windows to be able to throw? Sure. But that's, that's where, that's where Garoppolo lives. It's, you know, it's called, as I joked a couple of years ago, it's throwing inside the numbers or it's coloring by the numbers type of thing. And he likes to keep it inside there. And he really likes to keep it within 15 yards. So he will hold on to the football longer and not be as aware in the pocket as he needs to be because of it. And that bought the Chiefs defensive line time. Now, there are times in the past where Chiefs defensive line still wouldn't have taken advantage of that. So, I mean, that's that's the encouraging sign that you can add on to that part of it and be and be happy with. I mean, Chris Jones, look, I mean, when Chris Jones is on, I mean, he's a he's a one man wrecking machine and there's you can double team him and he'll still find a way to be able to be disruptive. That's just who Chris Jones is. And he's still playing at a really high level, even though he's inching closer to 30 years old, whenever, you know, whenever defensive linemen start to kind of slow down, just like receivers and cornerbacks at that at that point. But I mean, Chris is Chris is essentially in a contract year right now to where he's got to prove himself. I mean, technically he's not, but. You know, the decisions are going to have to be made after this year financially about his contract. And he's doing everything he can right now to justify them keeping him long term and him being a part of the long term solution for this Chiefs pass rush. I mean, he's doing everything on his part. Frank Clark was really timing. That's why he had a couple kind of offsides because yeah. he was timing the, the snap count. And then he finally got it right. And it was the right time when he when he hit it there on that safety against uh, against Garoppolo. So, I mean, Frank made a couple of plays as well today that, you know, you, that's kind of what they paid him for to kind of be there is to have a couple of those key moments to help kind of turn the tide. So, I mean, if Chris isn't doing it by himself, that's, that's huge for this defense, but I mean, there's still, there's still pieces they're missing, especially with, with not having, not having a quality defensive tackle out there to really kind of slow down that run and that, that run defense is kind of really starting to have some problems and that's something else they're going to have to start figuring out how to stop. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. Uh, it, it is fun to see the chess match as they try to, you know, move Chris Jones around and find him some one-on-one opportunities, especially in key moments in the game. But um, it, you know, Frank, Frank Clark had one and a half sacks. Um, you know, that, that's encouraging to see too, you know, LeJerry Sneed, Willie Gay, um, you know, some other guys got in there, got a half sack today. You know, it was a, it was a team effort. I did want to ask what, what did you see from, did you notice Willie Gay much in this one? Um, you know, obviously he had the blitz where uh, I can't remember. I think it was he and, and somebody shared a sack on that one. Uh, might've been Snead. I don't remember, but, but, uh, I was a little surprised at how much, especially early in the game, I saw Leo Chanel, uh, on the field, but, uh, um, you know, I mean, what, what did you make of Willie Gay coming back from that four game absence with the suspension? I think they were going to ease him back into it. I, I was going to be surprised if he played a full game, having been gone for four weeks. I, I just think the chiefs were going to ease him back into it to where the Titans game and so on would be more where he'd be more in line 
with the snap counts he had had and Darius Harris had played well. So I think if they had some opportunities to kind of keep him in or even kind of work with Leo, Leo Chanel, like I think they were going to take those opportunities while they had them against this 49ers offense. Um, I do want to wrap it up here talking about the run game. Um, a lot was made about uh, pregame about Isaiah Pacheco being, you know, being the starter, taking first team reps. Um, does it matter? Uh, and the reason I ask that is because officially the Chiefs had 21 uh, carries for 112 yards. But in reality, if you take away the three kneel downs by Chad Henney, it was 18 carries for 115 yards. Pacheco had eight. Edwards Hilaire had six. Uh, McKinnon had two. Hardman had two. Um, I still, I I don't think Chiefs fans should get caught up in who the starter is uh, because I don't think it matters for two reasons. One, they're still going by committee. Um, and the, the guy that they have in there in big moments where they need pass protection or they need a big play seems to be McKinnon. And then the rest of the time, it's kind of a split between Pacheco and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but I look, I mean, Pacheco had 43 yards on eight carries. Edwards Hilaire had 32 yards on six carries. Neither guy set in the NFL on fire and full credit to Pacheco. We got to see his speed in, on special teams on, on the kickoff return when he finally got out in space and was able to like get up to speed running, you know, as we talked about kind of in a straight line, but I just, I, I, I mean, you know, Russell Wilson's Mr. Unlimited. I think the chiefs just their backfield is, is limited. (laughs) So, I mean, as Todd's alluding to was the Twitter stuff this morning, uh, Sunday morning special before I had my, before I had my, uh, coffee, um, then I'll give you a nice little jolt in the morning. Um, look, I, I mean, I think that I, I felt like that article got kind of put out there. However, it got put out there. I think part of it was maybe to help motivate Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and and he ran a little bit, a couple of times he ran a little bit more aggressively and, and had a little bit more oomph and a step and had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder on that touchdown. That's one of the hardest I've seen him run in a while. Right. So he had the 16 yard touchdown. Then he had five carries for 16 yards outside of that. So yeah, but I'm saying on the touchdown, I'm like, that's, that's kind of what they're wanting from you. If you can do that um, physically, but I mean, with Pacheco, like, look, I mean, the speed he has is, is one cut go straight line speed. So he can build up to top end speed and he kind of has this kind of little hiccup about him when he's running. He's like, it's like a truck trying to get up a hill a little bit to where it has a little, little shoulder motion going forward there. And, um, and, and like, he's trying to get as much oomph and as much power and speed in it as he can. Don't get me wrong. He's a violent runner. Whenever he collides with somebody, he does not care. He's like Larry Johnson. He will run somebody over. And that's personally what I really, really like about him. But I mean, like, like you said, it takes time. It takes a, as I like to call it, it takes a runway for him to build up to the speed that he does have. And it, it, it needs to be in a straight line style, like the lateral quickness and the acceleration. That's more McCole Hardman, Jarek McKinnon. And Somebody like Clyde, it's it's kind of in between to where I think Clyde's kind of really more more the receiving back and getting him into space. I think it's kind of where more his his wheelhouse is at this stage. So I mean, each guy has their strength, but they also 
there's no complete back on this roster that that's the person you lean on and, and hand the football to for 25, 30 touches a game. Yeah. And that's, that's just where, and I look, I frankly, I don't know if the chiefs need it. Right. Um, I mean, like if you had a, if, if, you know, certainly if you had a Jamal Charles type and you could feed him and you could get him the ball in space. Yeah. You're, you're going to take advantage of that, but I sure. don't, I don't know that the chiefs, um, you know, have to have, uh, you know, that, that kind of workhorse, um, you know, so I think any production that they give you is, is a bonus, but I think, I think getting caught up in who the starter is or expecting these guys to be putting up anywhere near Jamal Charles or Jamal Charles or Larry Johnson type numbers or priest Holmes type that, that era of, of the chiefs is gone. Like that, uh, you know, you're just not going to, unless have... they stumble upon a running back like that and they'll, Right, but you'll probably not, feed them more. The, the the days of the the Christian Okoye, the Barry Warren, the, the you know the Priest Holmes, the Larry yeah. Johnson, the Jamal Charles, like that lineage has been broken. But I don't think it's a bad thing because uh, you have a Patrick Mahomes instead. And I don't know if you're aware, uh, but he's pretty good. Twenty five of thirty four for four hundred twenty three yards. Um, I mean, I, he I. I, I think he, he should still be the starting quarterback uh, on November 6th when they come back from the bye. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think that'll be all right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I do want to say, like, I, I was really impressed with the fact that they tried to get Travis Kelsey on National Tight Ends Day in a game against George Kittle um, to tie uh, Rob Gronkowski's record for career 100-yard receiving games um, by a... Uh, by a tight end. Um, so are we blaming Henny or are we blaming Kelsey for dropping that little bunny over the middle? Uh, I'll let you handle that one. All right, man. It was very Russell Westbrook esque, like just, just uh, disappointing. It was a letdown. <laughs> I'm I'll, I'll, I'll try to sleep easy tonight with it. I'm sure that he will uh, flagellate himself on the Heights for it. Uh, anyway, all right, guys, uh, bye week coming up, but, uh, you know, we'll kind of take stock of the season to this point, um, uh, at some point this week, if Nick's up for it, um, um, sometimes he is, sometimes he replies back. No, he won't, he won't do a podcast with me. So we'll see what mood Nick's in. Um, and we'll go from there. Chiefs kingdom. Got anything else, Nick? No, just, you should really contact me around times when I've had carbs or sugar. All right. All right. Well, uh, I, Beautiful Vista, it, uh, you know, there with the Golden Gate Bridge behind you. Safe travels, um, you know, turning off your Zoom filter um, and take care, kids.